This is Infection, the survival podcast recorded live on Tuesday, July the 26th, 2022, episode 393. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Welcome to another edition of Infection, the survival podcast. Infection is your source for the latest information on survival video games. My name is Nick Craig. Thanks for being here. You can visit my website, nickcraig.com, where you can check out my daily political antics by downloading the Wilmington's Morning News podcast. You can also find all of my uh, social media profiles on there as well. Can't do this thing alone. Joining me is that, I believe, Brian, that is a carbon fiber background that you're rocking this week is that a is that correct good good uh good afternoon oh, yeah. that means you get 10 yeah 10 percent performance boost whenever you have one of these <laughs> oh yeah yes yes boost. it's like oh, having it leds that. led lights on your ram you know faster ram heat sink faster oh yeah it's all just it's like led lights yeah correct yeah yeah just making my, my video performance a little bit better if you want to find me of course you can get me at brian aldridge on gab parlor getter truth social uh, or you can go to my blog, biteoftech.com. But first, I would encourage you to go to infectionpodcast.com, as Nick said. And on the upper right-hand side, we've got our Discord server. If you want to come and maybe give some suggestions for a news topic or uh, be a part of the politics or the arc or whatever we're doing, uh, we've got all kinds of things that you can do on there uh, and some cool Discord news coming later. Also, we've uh, got the video forms of the podcast, so Twitch, YouTube, BitShoot, and DLive, and then the audio forms at the lower right. Now, those are uploaded after the fact the uh, videos are live but the audio if you're uh, if you're going to be listening to it on the road or something once we complete the show nick uploads that and you can go ahead and download it on your favorite podcatcher or app listed uh if you are going to be listening though what's helpful is to go to the particular episode in the show notes because then you can see some of the videos or maybe some of the reference articles that we show on screen while we're doing the live show and we even have a nice little video and audio player there that makes it easy but that way you can look at the reference material, see our sources, make sure we're not making everything up as we go, uh, well, and that, which is a little bit beneficial. Hey, we make up half of it, but the, the yeah, other exactly. half's on that page. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and then uh, if, if you want to support the show, of course, you can go to the support tab up top or infectionpodcast.com forward slash support for Prime Gaming Subs, Humble Bundle, and all the different things that you can do to help support the show. Yes, sir. Absolutely. And I also want to mention, if you uh, are watching the show after the fact on YouTube, uh, it's we've been doing this for... When did you graduate school? Two years ago? <laughs> when, right before oh, you graduated, we two started and a half doing years the, ago. Two, yeah, so two, we've been doing the video timestamp. So if, if you go to the YouTube video, you can uh, scrub to the different sections of the uh, of the show. Yeah. All right, we, Brian, we've got kind of an odd show today in terms of news, but I do want to open with this story that broke, of course, Wednesday of last week, Wednesday morning to be precise, as I uh, was, uh, at the case I was uh, coming to the end of my work day, I was uh, checking out uh, yeah. some stuff on uh, Twitter and I saw a post that Discord was coming to Xbox, which is something that yes. has been kind of a, a big point of discussion for many, many uh, years now. There's a quick little video yeah. um, that is uh, that is listed in here uh, from from this announcement. So let's take a look at that real quick and then we will discuss. So uh, you got a little um, little trailer there showing yeah. um, what do they call those the uh, crop uh, the oh, damn it what is it what is it called the big they think aliens draw stuff in crop crop circles yeah that aliens oh, are drawing yeah, crop stuff circles, in crops yeah. so you got an Xbox logo as I mean, a crop come, come circle on, don't, you're not a believer you don't watch ancient aliens too come on well I, I I mean I listen to the George Norrie and Art Bell talk about aliens um, oh there you go <laughs> so and Alex Jones of course um, so. This is an interesting announcement. Um, officially, by the end of this year, v- Discord 
voice chat and text chat will be able to work and function directly on the Xbox. So you will be able to join voice channels and do all of that. So the way that it's going to work, it's not as easy as joining an Xbox party chat and you'll actually have to use your phone to do it. But it, it still works. And again, this is the launch. So you have to connect your Xbox and Discord account, which like right now, a lot of people have their Twitch accounts connected to Discord and their Steam accounts. It'll show what game you're playing and all that. So it's similar to that. Um, yep. uh, then on your uh, mobile phone, you join a Discord channel. So the channel you want to talk in general or whatever. And then you would select the join on Xbox button, which will automatically open the Xbox app. And then you can click transfer audio and it will transfer the voice from your cell phone over to the Xbox. So it's not, it might not necessarily so you, be. So you actually will be listening to it on your Xbox headphones. So from correct. your controller. Correct. But you Xbox have to. Xbox headset. That, okay. you, ha- you have to navigate and join the party from your phone. So the interface right now is on the phone. But the sound is on as long as yeah, the sound I, is on the Xbox. That's how that was the pain before was having to have try to listen to the game audio in your headphones and then also listening to a phone, you know, with, that you're talking to people on Discord on. Yeah. So it, it, this is this is what it looks like. This is what the process will look like. It's available for the Insider app. Um, so I'm not I'm not sure if it's available yet for insiders or not. Um, but you can see that this is kind of what the process is going to look like. Um, and you'll just talk through your Xbox like you would through uh, your traditional party chat system. Uh, there's a couple of cool things, including volume sliders for individual people, which is a big feature that Discord has and is yeah. is good at. I'm not sure that Xbox party system itself has individual chat sliders. I know it has a master. Um, so you'll be able to show that you can turn the overlay on and off similar to what you get on the PC where when somebody's talking their name will illuminate their logo will illuminate in a little logo um so that's pretty cool um so now no longer having to have uh two sets of headphones and mics to uh chat on discord you'll be able to do it directly from there which um once 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 more Brian Xbox really just cementing their uh, future yep. here as the dominant platform. You look at the user base on Discord. The what disc? I think there has been a large gaming communities have grown over the last five years, probably to the highest level ever, thanks to Discord. And I'm, I'm not yep. arguing that Teamspeak and Ventrilo and Mumble and all that stuff wasn't popular because it was, but nothing was like Discord, yep. where you had this 24/7 constant interaction. Nothing was ever like that. Well, with voice chat, it's kind of like the Steam of voice chat. Steam is the voice chat um, service, and you know, I, I, people have been trying to break in that market. Epic's trying to break in that market, but then you turn around and look at uh, at the voice chat. Discord became that that same thing. You, everybody quit using Mumble. They quit using Teamspeak. Everybody went to Discord, and they mm-hmm. use it for communities, businesses, everywhere, not just for gaming. Yeah, so it's it's been a big change. It has been a big change. Um, so th- cool feature coming out. Um, you just want to make sure you're signed up for the Xbox uh, Insider Hub, and apparently uh, it started rolling out late last week. So folks are able to uh, fake folks are able to go ahead and and do that now. So Xbox uh, Discord chat for uh, for for the Xbox console, which is uh, which is a really really big win for um for for microsoft i don't know of any other way about it well and one thing that made i personally think that managing the interface on a mobile phone is easier than trying to use the controller and, and while you're playing a game especially especially if someone comes in trying to put too much complexity into them editing and adjusting and getting someone muted it's just is a pain uh and i think possibly the future will be having some sort of a little touchscreen interface on your controller that allows you to manage these settings on the fly. Yeah. Uh, you know, now that they're doing stuff like this kind of interface in the phone, I wonder if they're going to start releasing controllers with little touchscreens on them that allow you to manage some of the sound settings and things like that. So you don't have to try to go into settings while you're playing a game and do it quickly. Cause you can do it a lot faster 
I think people will see that with a, with a cell phone. Well, I do believe you can even, I believe you can even do those things from the cell phone while you're on the Xbox, I believe. Yes. So, well, yeah, they, the and they case, do have, they do have an app. They do have an app, the Xbox app, which lets you manage some things too, even with yeah. just the general, with just so, the general, you know, they're kind of going that, that way. Um, but you know, not everybody has, you don't want to give your kid a cell phone <laughs> and be like, here, so, so you can play your Xbox. Uh, you know, I wonder if they're going to now build on this and do more, you know, make it to where this is kind of, there's going to be a, a control panel type of a thing that lets you manage all these settings because they're getting more and more things that you can manage through these, uh, through the, the app. And now this through a whole nother app. Well, yeah, no, this is in the Xbox. Yeah. Just the Xbox app. So it's, they're getting quite the number of controls you can manage to actually affect your Xbox. Yeah. And obviously a big, uh, a big win here for, for Microsoft, um, and also I'd say for, you know, gaming as a whole, very mm-hmm. interesting to see. And I guess I shouldn't be surprised because Microsoft has done this with the PC gaming marketplace where they've started putting their games on steam, but yep. you've got, you would have a lot of companies, Brian, a lot of other companies besides Microsoft that would say, you know what, we've got our own party chat system. Screw you, Discord. We don't care about your communities and your voice chat and all your other BS. We care about our party system, our chat system. Most companies have done that. And I'm sure that was Microsoft's um, MO in the past was a similar thing of screw it. We have our own party system, our own chat system. Let's just use that. But it's amazing to see that they are uh, so willing to open up and be part of, uh, of some of these other big, important projects like Discord. Well, and I think it took a number of hard lessons for them to kind of realize they can't do yeah. everything and they can't do everything perfectly. They tried to make a cell phone operating system, which failed. They, uh, you know, they, they have started adapting and bringing Linux into the operating system because they realized that there's things that Linux does better than Microsoft Windows and more efficiently. Um, and there's a lot of things being built on Linux that they'd love to take advantage of. Their marketplace, I think they've been opening it up more. I, I think they just realized they can still be very relevant while using and partnering, especially when they have all this power right now, because they are the platform to be at the moment for, for gaming, you know, in Discord for gaming audio is the platform to be. This is the time to partner because, you know, if they can get a little of ex- exclusivity with this and kind of keep PlayStation out of it, who's much slower to adapt, they know they can beat almost every single one of these to the, to the, to the, to the market because PlayStation just doesn't like to do things and they only do it if they have to. Here, yeah. they can partner and get everybody using all the things they like uh, and be still, you know, they're selling all their ultimates. I mean, I just renewed my Xbox Ultimate Pass. You know, that's a decent amount of money to get out of everybody every year, plus all the things that they make on the side of that from sale, selling games and everything else. Yeah. So if you uh, need more information on this or want to give it a shot, they'll have some uh, links in our show notes as to how you can get involved in that. Yes. All right. Um, hey, let's talk. Do you mind if we talk about computer hardware here for a minute because sure this is this has been something that's been happening over time uh the the covid kind of brought it to a head where all of a sudden we couldn't get parts anymore (laughs) things are getting more expensive and uh right now according to uh, this is nme pc industry suffers worst sales drop in almost a decade Mm. Uh, you know total sales are still well above pre-pandemic levels but, you know, they're, they're starting to drop. Uh, part of this comes down to the economy. The economy is in the tank. It's the economy uh, you know, stupid. a lot of issues. <laughs> yes, the economy stupid. And the, the global supply chain is messed up. So, you know, there's a bunch of weird issues happening down at the major ports, ports of the United States. China's starting to play games with all of their stuff, kind of flexing their muscle and, and you know, not being nice with how they deal with us. It's it's getting to be a big issue, and you know we've seen it in the video cards, we've seen it just in the cost, and now with the economy, people just are spending their money on food, uh, possibly rent, rather than uh, than on PC you know video cards or PC uh, CPU chips, and so uh, Corsair they they said that they're expecting to announce a quarterly financial loss as the economy struggles here, uh, which. You know, that's one of the prime aftermarket gaming suppliers. Yeah, and one so, of the biggest, you know, yeah. One, one of the biggest. So, you know, they're showing that people, if they're buying memory, well, they're probably buying the cheapest that matches the performance they want. 
and they're not getting all the LEDs. They're not getting all the fancy <laughs> no extras RGB. because they don't. Yeah, no, no RB, RGB because they don't have that money in their bank account at the moment. Um, now, NVIDIA is an and AMD, uh, you know, they're, they're overseas currently. And uh, Intel has a lot of, uh, a lot of things here. Well, there's, there's a bill going through Congress right now that's currently stalled a little bit. But what they're looking at doing is giving a big incentive for companies to build their their chip manufacturing here in the United States. Uh, Because of the chip shortage and being able to get the chips over here, they're realizing we need it for our automotive industry, our computer industry, our communications industry. I mean, Trump, he said this. uh, It's amazing how they finally took him how many years to come around and realize, oh, wait, he was right again. Um, you know, for even for our high-tech weapons, we're in a horrible spot right now when it comes to protecting ourselves and defending ourselves. A lot of other places, uh, you know, are, are getting as advanced or more advanced than us when it comes to this tech because we're just behind. And the chips we're buying are from people that are possibly our enemies. So what do you expect's happening? Um, so they have this CHIPS Act, which is supposed to be a, a step towards protecting our national and economic security. Um, so Intel recently started in early stages of constructing a massive $20 billion chip factory in Ohio, mm-hmm. which is great. This is something that's been, that Trump started pushing, build here, build here. It's a risk to not build here. And then COVID happened. And all of a sudden they're like, oh, we need to build here. We can't get all the stuff we want <laughs> or we can't get all the supplies. And so they're starting to do that. And then, you know, you got Chuck Schumer, you know, great. You know, now he's coming around. He hated it when Trump said it, but now all of a sudden he thinks it's the greatest idea. Um, you know, pushing this. And now after this, you know, AMD has announced that they're now going to invest in a new CPU R&D facility in New York. So they're also going to be building uh, a factory here or, you know, a thing for creating the chips here um, so they can take advantage of this, uh, which is going to be a big, a big bonus, uh, you know, for us because, I think quality personally will go up. I think there's a lot of issues that you deal when you're, when you're manufacturing overseas, especially in China that cause a lot of problems. We had a lot of problems with security. I mean, look at all the issues they had with Intel and AMD chips in the past five to 10 years when it came to security and shortcuts being taken. Um, You know, when, when I think that if you, there was kind of that pride of building in America and having it be something that lasted, well, how about you have it to where, you build it in a way that is secure, that you know does that doesn't take as many shortcuts. Because I remember you you had the Intel chip, and you're like, oh man, it's so much faster than mine, and it was. But you know, once they once they lock those things down, that performance gain dwindled quite a bit on a lot of those chips, and then they couldn't even put them into to Amazon's AWS servers because they were able to hit the chips just right. And be able to pull data from other instances on the same server. I mean, it was causing lots of big problems. So, you know, if, the, talking about security, where are you going to build chips that are truly secure, that don't have those type of issues? Well, if you're building them for infrastructure and security in the United States, you need to build them here too, because China is not our friend. I don't know if people realize this yet. Uh, you know, they've kicked out most of the Americans, and they're locking their country down, and they're they're hoarding resources at the moment. Um, you know, they don't have our best interests at heart. I don't feel like they have their own citizens' best interests at heart, but they don't have ours especially. And so I think it's it's important that we start to build the things that we hold dear here. And this is the first step towards that. Uh, and it'll, it'll help our economy. We need to have these jobs here too. Uh, you know, we can't ship everything overseas. It just doesn't work. Yeah. Now, looking at the latest on this, it appears that this vote passed a procedural vote in the Senate today. It passed the House mm-hmm. last week. Uh, procedural vote in the Senate today, 64 to 32. Um, and it looks like it, by the end of this week, which you know essentially will be the end of July, August, I think the first is Monday or Tuesday, um, that will have that it will be fa- it'll pass the Senate fully and, and it'll go over to, to President Biden. But you brought up a good point, Brian, and without turning the conversation too political, these were some of yep. the point, and the reason you're seeing 32 Republicans voting against it in the in the Senate is because when this was brought up years ago, it was poo pooed and uh, you know shot down as something that wasn't necessary. And now, yep. you know, and politics is still politics. Republicans not wanting to yep. give Joe Biden a, a political win, 
on something that I think, well, I know for a fact the Republicans agree on that China is our adversary. We shouldn't be relying on them so much. And uh, on the Democrat yeah. side, they're trying to do anything they can to scrape together. Uh, to make Biden a, look a, a little du- bit better? Yeah. To oh, save yeah, their uh, midterms? Uh, yeah, the, su- <laughs> yeah the, the slightest of W's to try and get something done. Um, so yep. I think overall. And it's funny is they're following Trump's playbook to do it. Like, oh, we yeah. want to look good. Okay, well, let's do what Trump said. Congratulations. Yeah. There you are. Yeah. So I uh, I pulled up a couple of those stocks that you were talking about. It was a rough day on the market, but specifically uh, Nvidia and AMD really taking it on the chin today. AMD down uh, over just over two and a half percent, so two dollars and thirty cents, and Nvidia down nearly three percent, down nearly five dollars. Um, and you yep. can see this is the uh, this is the August twenty twenty one to um, to to current chart. So you're looking at you know, close to a fifty two week low. Um, for nvidia actually very yeah. actually i think actually this is i think they're 52 one six yeah this is their 50 this is a 52 week low for uh for nvidia right now people are not similar buying with AM, cards. similar with amd this is a this is a 52 low yep. week for uh, amd as well pc sales all the sales are just down you know and these these companies were having look at the i mean look at the uh, december totals Everybody was gaming, buying cards yeah. and, and computers, you know, because everybody's home more, um, working from home. And now uh, <laughs> you can see as it gets towards the end, people running out of money, running out of money, running out of money. Oh, here we are. So, yeah. you know, that's where it's taken us. Uh, now, on a side note, there was there was an AMD hack that happened. And part of the issue, and I just thought this was kind of interesting. Now, I always get nervous when PC Gamer says, apparently... Because oh. I, you know, I, I hear apparently a lot in uh, some of these articles from these these organizations. Yeah, and, a, a, and they apparently end up being totally the, false. Apparently, the CEO of Activision Blizzard is killing employees in his office. Apparently, apparently, yeah. So <laughs> I, now you could take this with a grain of salt because they did say apparently. Because that I just I hate that. I'll read the paragraph so that you could just hear their apparently. Apparently, at least some of the passwords used were no more complex than password, all lowercase. Uh, yeah, you read that right. It's 2022 and major corporations are still using password for sensitive information. Now, here's where it gets good. I'm guessing, I love it when articles say these too. One, two, three, four was one of them. Or one, two, three, four, five, six. This is where now Kotaku writes an article saying uh, one, two, three, four, five, six was one of the uh, one of the passwords at AMD. Uh, you know, I, I just, they throw these apparently's and, and I'm, I'm guessing's in and then another one runs with it. Uh, so take that with a grain of salt, but they were incredibly, um, low quality passwords, which led to a 450 gigabyte, um, data hack at AMD. Now, whether it was password or, you know, password one, two, three, I don't care. Uh, this is where they need to put in password, uh, you know, put it to where you cannot put a simple password, put rules on your passwords, a certain complexity, uh, and, this is something that they should be doing, especially at a company like this. But you know, whether or not it was password or, or one, two, three, four, five, six, I don't, you know, as I said, I don't care. PC gamer, you can make all the opinions and, and create all this fake news that you want to. But there were simple passwords being used, which led to this hack, which made it much easier for them to do it. It wasn't that they were relying on some glitch in the hardware or the software or version of something they were using on a server. It was just simple password guessing. Uh, uh, mm. guessing. Yeah. You know, they're, they're sitting there hammering at the machine with a bunch of passwords, and obviously they're not blocking uh, based on a certain number of guess, guesses because, you know, they, they were able to get in there and grab all this data. So just a little side note on that. Uh, do you have a preference <clears throat> what we talk about next? No. Go ahead. Lead us, uh, lead us where you think we need to go. Okay. So let's go ahead and uh, let's, well, let's talk about Russia because this is still kind of tech. Sure. Um, so... Russia is had they had a tech a tech exodus from their country. You know, everybody was like, we don't want to do business with Russia anymore. All the games pulled out or raised their prices to ridiculous. I mean, Factorio, for instance, they they made uh, Russian uh, gamers mad because they changed their price. Now they said they would never change their price. This is what pisses me off. Yeah, pisses me Factorios, off. Factorio, they changed their regional price from nine dollars to one hundred and seventy four dollars. I'd buy it for nine. Why can't I buy this for nine dollars? Why is Russia paying nine dollars for this? But but they changed why, it to one hundred seventy four. Now, <laughs> why is it sold in Russia at all? This game needs to be well, pulled. 
That we're yeah, boy- I well, thought we were boycotting. What happened to that? We don't care anymore? Has I, the, new, I guess has the, not. <laughs> has the shininess rubbed off of the uh, Ukraine war so we don't care anymore? I thought at the period just, of time, everything, everything Russia needed to be blackballed and not listed. Well, hey, if we converted our dollars to euros or uh, rubles, we could get it for $9. Now, that would be my sale that I'm looking for to buy this game. So I need to figure out how to get $9, you know, 520 rubles so I can buy Factory at $9. But yeah, they but you said have, to have they, a Russian then, Steam account, wouldn't you? Well, I know. You know what's hey, going to yeah, happen? Yeah. Now, let me tell you this. Um, one of these, I bet you one of these key websites, they start yeah. popping up on these key websites for cheap because they can buy the cheap Russian keys and then flip them in the U.S. Yeah. for like 20 bucks. Yeah, as long as we can get them here. So they yeah. changed it then to 10,000 rubles, which is $174 here. Well, at the time, you know, July 14th. So uh, they claimed that it was a mistake. You know, they, they accidentally hit a, an extra zero somewhere or something, which I don't know how you get 520 to be 10,000 with an extra zero. But um, why are they changing the price in the first place? They guaranteed me they would not change that price, and they're changing it in Russia. They're changing it other places, but not in America. It sounds like anti-American to me. Um, so yesterday, they changed the price from 500 rubles, which nine, and then he says they didn't give a reason, but claimed it was a mistake, and they've, they've changed it back. Uh, but they, people are, are kind of wondering because, you know, they did put a post on there that says, we support Ukraine and all this, of course, like everybody else did at the, the beginning of the, of the war. So we'll see. We'll see if, uh, if they go back to $9. If so, you know, can they give us that deal as well? Because, I mean, why yeah. are they giving such special treatment to the Russians and not us? Do they hate us? They just like Russia, not us? Again, I, 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 I think that there does need to be a, um, there does need to be a uh, conversation here. This stuff should this stuff should not be allowed to even be sold. Yeah. So well, okay. A lot of companies aren't uh, doing things. So, for instance, game engines. <laughs> if if you don't have Unity and you don't have Unreal Engine being willing to uh, let you use a light an engine in their country, what are they going to do? So, uh, what they're looking at doing is making a national game engine, kind of like the Chinese operating system. You know, China made their own. Linux operating yeah, system. Yeah, it was just know, ours like, yeah. weren't quite secure enough. Of course, theirs had yeah. a bunch of things to monitor everybody in it. Yeah, but, yeah, they weren't a fan of you know, Windows, ours, but the, yeah, they they ripped off like Windows. Like, they ripped off some Linux distro and added the CCP logo and, and called it their own. Called and changed the yeah, background to red and called it their own operating. Yeah, system. that's their engine. You know, that's their their operating system. So here we got you know Russians uh, tech people over there. Want, you know, even their Facebook alternative calling for them to put billions of rubles to fund a Russian national game engine so that they can still have a gaming industry in their country. Which there's a lot, you know, this is something with, with games that we played. There's a lot of games that have come out of Russia. There, there's a pretty big development. Uh, Isn't Tarkov a Russian a lot game, of or is that somebody else? Tar, yeah, Escape from Tarkov, from our members in Russia. Um, and so this is some, who knows if they've, some of them would have one in Russia and another place, uh, and they pulled out of the Russia one, you know, because, of course, they wanted people to still buy. So some of those stay, stay, uh, stayed around, even though they had offices and were originally in Russia. Um, so what they're going to be doing uh, is looking to build a, a game engine, which makes sense if they want to continue having any game companies that exist after the war. Because if you if you have no engine that they can legally use, why are they going to develop a game at all if they don't know that they're going to be able to sell it in the next couple of years? Let's say the the war does extend another year or two. Uh, you know, how do you push? How do you make something not knowing if you're going to be able to push it to market? Hmm. And who's going to buy from a Russian company right now that's not in Russia or not in China or not in you know Iran? Yeah, you know, that really limits your gaming market. Yeah, a Tarkov is 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 built out of a, is is a Russian game. The the, yeah. the lead developers based in St. Petersburg. That's where the Battlestate Games is. So now, luckily, I mean, they amazing they no conversation everything about off of. Yeah, I mean, they, you know, they did all their stuff off of Steam, but you know, I didn't hear anybody outraged about Escape from Tarkov during yeah. this time, uh, which is kind of hypocritical. So uh, now, Russia is also fining Google. Uh, you know, and. and this is where they do these huge you know, hundreds of millions of dollar fines that they build up and kind of either force them out of the country, which they've already left. But then when they want to come back, they'll say, oh, well, you owe all these fines for what you did. 
you know, you want to pay, you have to pay us hundreds of millions of dollars just to be able to come back in the country. And of course, Google will say, okay, we're sorry. And they'll pay them money. Um, even though, you know, even though they didn't do anything wrong, but they're saying that Google did not censor fake Ukrainian war content, which I kind of agree with. I, I hate looking at the news nowadays and seeing anything about the war, especially at the beginning when this thing happened, because you had that, you know, that, uh, whatever that flyer was, you know, that was some mystery flyer that was shooting down all the Russians, you know, from Ukraine. Well, was, wasn't there video else. of, uh, wasn't there Arma video that was being used? They were using Arma video, Microsoft Flight Simulator video, and they're like, um, "Oh yes, look at him! There's, there's our, our savior. He's, you know, shooting down all those Russian planes." Uh, yeah. Yeah, so they were some, doing some, all this. It's some jackass streaming on Twitch that they <laughs> they pulled some video from, and they're claiming this guy is saving this, they're holding off the tide. Wow. Yeah, but they're censoring everything <laughs> political from the right. Uh, you know, of course, because that's all fake news. Even though now it's been all shown to be true, no outrage there. Uh, yeah. But you know, we got all this fake war content i'd rather know what's really happening i don't know how you get there but uh you know there i think there's a lot more going on than what we as americans are being served in the media i think most americans including myself have no idea what what is going on over there um, i think you would have to ask people from ukraine and you have to ask people from russia why are your countries uh going at each other like or you know why is russia going after you like this i've never heard a legitimate reason from the news media I haven't, I haven't heard an answer at all. I've not heard them say, you know, anything. And so uh, if you're going to censor it, well, how do you decide what to censor? Because I don't think Google knows what's true. There's so many fake stories. I think, but, you know, they, don't, they didn't know what was true in the election either, uh, yet they seem to always know the right answer. So this is where it gets kind of weird. Uh, they kind of put themselves in a corner where they seem to always know the right answer. Well, on this, they don't. Um, yeah. You know, what are they going to censor? People get pissed if they censor Ukrainian stuff. But half of it, when it comes out, is just propaganda. What do you do? You know, they, they don't want to piss anybody off, so they put all the fake stuff out there. Don't try to hold any of it back. Uh, and then, you know, the follow-up articles a month later. Oh, yeah, that ended up being a you know, false story. None of it pulled from the Google search results. So uh, who knows? You know, some of this could be legitimate because there is fake stuff that's being slandered against Russia, I'm sure that didn't happen probably massacres and whatever else that they say happens is that google's job to take that off of there well they need to decide that really quick because they seem to they promoted themselves as being the people that you know that figured out what truth was and would filter it so that you only got the truth well how are you going to do that in a situation like this um you know now they're going to get sued from both sides if they do anything or nothing <laughs> and, and uh you know I, I think it's kind of an odd position for them to be in um, so, uh, supposedly Facebook was banned in March. I, d I don't think, I guess Google isn't banned yet there yet. So Google's still there, which kind of hypocritical of them too. You know, they keep saying, oh, you know, oh, well, of course. Yeah. Good. I mean, it, yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. I mean, everybody else, you know, everybody else, McDonald's needs to pull all of their stores out and Starbucks needs to shut down and, and, and all of yep. this. And we, but you know. You know, they Games don't. They, they like on. the money. Got to have a search engine over there, right? Yeah. So they can find yeah. the truth, right? You know, got to yeah. keep the search engine going in China. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's, the, it's Iran and and it's and it's unfortunate. It's just the and and it's this isn't even a this isn't even a political thing. It's just the you know, the moral outrage on on everything. We see it in politics. Yeah. We see it in the video game industry. We see it in every facet. It's just this constant moral justification that what I'm doing is right. And, you know, you need to do this. And because I said you need to do it. And if you don't, yep. you're this or that or the other. Um, and of, of course, for that's more of what I'm getting at is the hypocrisy of it all. I just I, I don't as I said at the beginning, I don't know which side has any kind of justification or not. I don't know 100 percent. you know, And I don't feel like I can go to the news media and actually look and get an answer. And that's what's frustrating to me is I feel like there's so much BS out there. How do you go find the truth on this? You, you can't trust you, um, most of the things that are put on the, on the internet. Yeah, well, I'll tell you one place you can. You can go to nickcraig.com and download the Wilmington's Morning News podcast. You'll, you'll always find the truth there, bro. Give you a taste uh, of truth there. Yeah, I'll give you, <laughs> yeah, you start off your day with a taste of truth, uh, a shot of truth in your coffee. Uh, you can check it out there. Um, but yeah, it is just interesting as, you know, because we did see that initial, because um, like, it's been nearly six months now. We did see that initial... Yeah. 
um, you know, like, oh, everybody's got to pull out, you know, pull back, pull this, pull this, close this down now that it's kind of as, as it's kind of lost its glean and it's it's not really as exciting anymore. Um, people are still getting killed. We invaded, Af- not- we invaded Afghanistan. Why did we invade Afghanistan? Because Bush said, because Bush did 9-11. <laughs> well, yeah, but, but, but why, you know, why? But there's plenty of countries, especially ones that are, um, uh, you know, we wanted, the, we wanted their oil. Well, like, but, but that's not what we said. The news media, we got to come up with a good story, but uh, we invaded there. Did everyone pull out of America? No, nobody did actually. No. Well, I mean, but, but there's plenty of people that could say, like, you invaded our country, and we ended up running out of there with our le- tail between our legs, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And we said, oh, yeah, you, you can have it. You're good now. It's all solved. You know, let's, let's leave. Uh, so that's hypocrisy to me. I mean, there's always a justification for one side or the other. And maybe Russia says, hey, you did something that we feel like you need, we need to give retribution for, just like we said with Afghanistan. I'm not saying that there's any justification to what they're doing, because I don't know. You won't get it reported, even if it, Russia said, oh, here's the reason why we're doing it. Yeah. Are they going to give you a truthful answer here of why we're doing it? Because I'd love to know why they did it. And I would love to be able to trust the news media enough to hear it. But I just think that it's kind of funny that we're willing to go invade another country. But when another country does it to someone else that, you know, we think are our friends, that then then it's a problem. We, we do it both sides. I don't think we should have invaded either one. Well, but that's again, my per- it's per- the you know, I, more- I don't think we should have invaded Afghanistan either. It's the moral justification and it's the moral high ground that I'm right and you're wrong and and, and yeah, exactly like that. Russia. So I'm sure some people in Russia feel like they have perfect justification for whatever they're doing right now. Yeah. So and it, right. it is their job to convince us. So. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh. I want to. We got an update on this story with BMW. It was actually uh, a big enough story that it caught last week's uh, show title, mm-hmm. which was yeah. uh, microtransaction cars. Um, uh, uh, talking about this idea that in South Korea, because again, facts are important in South yep. Korea, they've got a, they're doing a test of a subscription service for seat warmers. It costs, costs yep. about eight converted about $18 a month U S or a one-time yep. fee of about $500, um, which, you know, okay. What w- it is, it is what it is, but, um, we covered last week that for folks that want to get around this, there will be ways to do so. And apparently folks have already started to do this. Um, They are using, um, there's this group called Lynchfield Motors, which is based in the UK. And what they do is they sell modified EPROM chips. And they've done this for years to uh, car owners to get better performance out of their cars. They, uh, they said, you know, they, they did, they've done tweaks to Nissan GTRs and other cars to do turbo, you know, bigger turbo boosting and giving more, allowing more fuel to flow through uh, just by modifying the EEPROM, which is, um, you know, it's the programmable ROM chip that, that, that the car is, is using to, um, to, boot in, in a lot of a, a lot of aspects so they're just essentially modifying or changing the eprom to turn the heated seats on so it seems that yeah, in my in my previous car i had one that would like for instance with my VTEC, i could adjust when the VTEC would kick in and i could adjust um you know like fuel ratios coming up to that so that it wouldn't get oversaturated and i could do, i could go through and tune the whole thing so that because i had a high performance engine to be able to make it so that the exact performance that I needed was just supplying the exact amount of fuel, supplying the exact amount, uh, you know, of everything and, and turning those chips on and doing everything in the right amount of time, all from a nice little interface right on my dash. Yeah. It worked out. So it's well. a, it's a very similar system. Um, I shouldn't say similar system. It's the same concept that is being used to turn on yeah. the heated seats now, which, uh, Best or Best Buy, <laughs> then BMW has uh, has locked behind a, a subscription based paywall for folks in South Korea. Um, not really surprising or shocking at all. The idea that this was but, going to be yeah. anything other than that is, um, well, just stupid for BMW to think that they that nobody would do this. Yeah, and I, I think that this is going to be something where it, 
you'll start getting more and more chips like this. You know, if, if they continue doing things like this and locking things behind interfaces and limiting what you can get access to behind paywalls, this will be more common. Now, not everything is, is the same as far as you can't just take a, uh, you know, this for this car and plug it into another car and have it do all this thing. They're, they're made for specific cars, but maybe this will push, and I'm sure Congress will push something through for an open standard in your interface for your car. They do have what you plug in for your emissions testing, but, you know, they, just, they can limit and separate that out, kind of firewall that away from other pieces. Um, you know, make it to where if you're going to lock things down, give us a place where we can reprogram it. You know, because they're wanting it to where you own, you know, they try to push legislation so you own your phone. Now, you know, you own your electronics. Well, I hope that that would then mean you'll also own your car. Because uh, you can go and swap out every piece on your car. You may break your warranty, but it doesn't make the car illegal to drive, you know, as long as you're using street legal parts. Correct. You can build a car almost from scratch. But, you know, so there are very, I, I don't think there's too many restrictions they can put on here that you can't overcome unless they totally lock down their engine, which just opens them up to possibilities of errors and issues mm. going forward. You, the more you try to limit and protect against people having ownership of their car, the more issues you're going to have. And it's going to make people move away from using your car. So hopefully it pushes people to at least to an open car. Agreed. Agreed. So that, I mean, other than that, there is, I did put some source material there um, from Wired. They had the original article. So you're more than welcome to go check that out. Um, and then an opinion piece from uh, PC Gamer. Now, let me ask you this uh, before we move on. They're, test, they're testing this out in um, South Korea. Do you think they even yes. attempt to bring this to the United States or to a Western market? Not in the same way. I think we're going to start seeing more subscription services for the things they're offering you inside the car on your entertainment system, um, whether it be you know, music, you know, something to do with how the music works or something that's interactive in some way. Uh, you know, the Elon's kind of doing it a little bit with some of his bringing entertainment, especially when they get to automated self-driving cars. I think that's when you're going to start seeing because they'll be able to say, oh, you can do this, this, and this. You can have this, you know, satellite uplink and offer these, this service to you. I think that's when you'll start seeing it. But I don't think it'll be for something as simple as heated seats. I think that's the thing that really shot them in the foot is they took a hardware switch and put it behind that. That's, that's where they made their mistake. And hopefully... You know, not hopefully for them, they may view it as they they did a little bit too much, and um, now they're going to get pushed back and and maybe restrictions put on them from doing sort of things. Because if I own the car, you know, it'll give me a way to put my own switch in there, or you know, let me override it. You, you can't pay to let me push a switch in my car because that's it's yeah. all on premises. But I think that they'll be offering all these off premises because for instance, to do self driving cars. Uh, Elon Musk, you know, he sells that service. <clears throat> They're saying there's going to be computing power. They're going to be able to need to feed you. That's why, uh, you know, he now has gotten to where they can have their uh, their satellite internet be usable in a moving vehicle. They just they just got you know a couple of weeks ago that legislation or that passed uh, to where you'll now have real time kind of feeding information and figuring things out as you're driving the car, kind of like what your your Google Maps does, but on steroids. That's where I think that you'll start to see them offer you services uh, that you'll pay a monthly subscription for, and they'll just bundle some extra things in there for. But not branded. It'll be an essential thing that you need to be able to use that feature because, of course, you have to use outside computer sources, resources. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, let's take a look at some um, <clears throat> some other stuff. Going back to Microsoft here uh, for a few minutes, um, they are, and this article is over at PC Gamer, and it says, Microsoft changes its mind about open source monetization, um, and this is dealing with the Microsoft Store. They announced yeah. a policy that would essentially prevent developers from selling open source software on the Microsoft Store, um, that yep. was back in, um, they, they announced that a few months ago. So, but, but it's interesting because the, according to their policy, it said they do not want developers to attempt to profit from open source or other software that is otherwise generally available for free, nor be priced irrationally high relative to the features and functionality provided by your product. I don't inherently have a problem with that. You're telling me if somebody makes their software available on GitHub, I 
package it, create a developer account of Microsoft, put it on the store and sell it for three dollars. Well, that but I you can't do that though. That that breaks the terms of service of I, the of 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 your license for I, the open source. Yeah, but you that, can make all the, they have. You, to, they don't have to put restrictions. All they have to do is enforce the license that's already on it. They don't have to say you can't put something because you can't sell. You're you're not supposed to sell something that's open source for money. You're not supposed to, but who is? It's not Microsoft's job to enforce it. It's the no. Oh, it's the owner of the project that's supposed to enforce it. And how do they yes. enforce? Yes, and that? so that so well, then they can go and sue that company well, the, because well, yeah. because they're breaking the terms of service when they took your software, edited it, and then because you can't change the license but after you, just because you've edited it, you can't change the license and sell it. Let's be clear, though. Let's let's presume that this stuff is not being done in the United States. You're, you know, let's use yeah. uh, let's use some foreign, some just some foreign, some foreign, uh, you know, uh, firm that's just downloading these open source packages, compiling them or doing whatever, and then putting them on the Microsoft Store and selling them. Which well, would probably be a say, very successful business venture, by the way. Yeah. Uh, the, the fact that you well, could just exactly. put it on the store, people would search for it, not knowing, not even knowing what the hell GitHub is or any of these other sites where this stuff is generally available, you know, major geek or whatever. Um, and you make you know, make a couple bucks. I'm sure it's probably a very well, profitable it, thing. If if the if the people or the, whoever made the open source software put it as a license that allows you to edit it. Put your put you know or include that in a software product that's paid, then they then they can do that. There's let me nothing ask you to this, restrict though. them from that. What about if you make the software available on GitHub? It's your software, and then you want to sell it on the Microsoft Store. That's one of the yeah, con I, concerns here. Was it's your? I just product. have to make my license proper. I I'm the one who sets the license Microsoft on my software. But but it wouldn't matter because Microsoft would not allow any open source software to be sold. So even if you did but your if I'm selling it, it's not open source. Now but you're you saying, could, but the, some places you, treat but, it like a donation. When they when they sell you no, but, but open let's source, say, they'll say, "We'll send you a disk for twenty dollars." Right? Let's and that's let's how they say, make the money. Let's say you make a piece of software and you make it available on GitHub, and then mm -hmm. you package it and sell it on the Microsoft Store. It's your software. You are the licensee. Yeah. You're the holder. Microsoft would mm -hmm. not allow you to do that under this policy. That's probably because they, yeah, they don't want to have to put in the time to do all that verification because Correct. You know, yeah, that's maybe. because you could, but what you would be doing when you packaged it is be packaging it under another license because you, you created the, you assigned Correct, it the original but they're not, they don't seem you to be, software. they don't seem to be as worried about the license as the idea that if the software is available somewhere else for free, you for can't free? sell it on our store. Now, well, why don't see, they just put all their open source software on their store and let people download those well, too? Don't, 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 don't they own, doesn't Microsoft own GitHub? They own GitHub. Yes. That's what I'm why saying. Why don't they yeah. just put, you know, put something where you could like have, if it's a stable, if it passes, if it passes all these tests and, you know, is viewed as stable, passes all their security tests. So it's not malicious. They can have a curated GitHub open source software location inside of their store that you could get all these cool things and then that would incentivize these people that do have open source projects to go to github upload their project there and then assign it as this is something i'm allowing you to package and put into the microsoft store if people want to be able to download it yeah, they could the, why, why don't they do it that way rather than restricting well they could and part of the other uh, outrage from the developers is according to how the policy read if any part of your software had open source code, meaning any sort of uh, like what was that library? Um, uh, J uh, the the logger software that had that big vulnerability. Uh, that was an open source. I think it was a J logger. Oh, I'd have to look. Yeah, yeah, whatever it was called. Anything that's open source that you used, like a logging software or anything else within it, if that code was in your app or program that you built and then tried to sell on the Microsoft Store, they wouldn't allow you to do that. Okay, to beat the dead horse. Microsoft changed that policy. They've apparently reverted it, um, and now folks are congratulating Microsoft. Um, so that that seems to have resolved itself. But it seemed like for for a period of time there that they were kind of pigeonholing developers as to not only can you not sell open source software if there's anything in your software that is open source that could be against our policy too. Which I would make the argument that any piece of software that is available on the Microsoft Store has some sort of open source code library in it. Some some, some sort of library in it, yes. Yeah. yeah. Some, there some is, sort there of is library. There is some sort. They didn't write everything 100%. I mean, 
there may be those people out there. Yeah. But most of the time, they did not write everything 100% from scratch. There's some libraries they're using to deal with time, dates, math, something. Because, you know, do you want to have to calculate pi and figure out how to do that all all with math? No. You you use libraries and do all this to to do all these things for you. Um, I, I just think that that they probably already have a place where if you think that something is malicious or this pirated software that's been submitted to the sword that you can already report it. Just have people, if they feel like someone has broken the license of the original uh, open source projects agreement, that then they can report it in the same way and it gets treated like any other piece of software as far yeah. as being checked and ve- verified. And then, then they can remove it after it's been verified that the original open source platform does not allow that to be distributed in any other, you know, with with money attached. And in other Microsoft news, their company Activision that they are in the process of purchasing, um, well, they are making a big push as Microsoft has to go back and push put games back on Steam. Um, they've yes. got their uh, brand new um, Steam page apparently loaded back up. Um, and they're going to likely continue to publish more of their Activision library going forward directly on Steam, which is something that they were not doing. Um, so yep. that is... Because uh, before, this, they, there were certain ones they only released on Battle.net, and then yeah. there's the Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2 were only on the Epic Game Store. Um, I, they've realized that they don't make mo- a ton of money selling games on P for PC on their Windows Store. Well... There are a few, few people who buy games there, but most people don't. They have them through other places, and so yeah, why and, not still make that money? And I'll say this. I didn't have a problem with Battle.net. Um, I used it to play Call of Duty, and I never had a problem with it. Would it be yeah. easier to have it on Steam? Maybe. I, I don't think it wasn't yeah. really. Battle.net was never one of these um, you know, aggressive things like origin or whatever that was constantly logging you out or, or it was just, a, yeah. it, it, I never had any of those problems. I just bought the game, installed it. It stayed up to date. It stayed patched. And whenever yeah. I wanted to play it, it was there and available. Um, but according to this, when the new call of duty comes out in October, um, it will be the first COD to launch on steam since 2017. It's a long time. Yep. Yeah. It's a real long time. So, so that's, that's good. Uh, that's good to see. And I'll, I'll, now the question is going to be, where do I buy the next COD? Where are my friends playing? Yeah, Are they playing on Battle.net? Yeah, it's still cross-platform, so it's not a problem. But if they're all playing it on Battle.net, and since I I play with the same people, it might make sense. Your friends to list and everything. Yeah. yeah. Or if they're not. If they're, yeah, exactly. So that'll be interesting to see how that plays out as well. Yeah, they, there's one other thing that Blizzard has said here in the recent weeks is that they're going to be bringing BlizzCon back in 2023. Okay, uh, they good. halted BlizzCon in 2021 because of COVID. And now they're planning. They say they're committed to bring it back in 2023. So uh, I I always thought they kind of held back because, you know, they didn't do it last year. I thought it was because of all the scandal. You know, they, they It seemed like they kind of went dark for a while, didn't say anything. Um, maybe now being purchased by Microsoft, they feel that they're not going to get all the Kotaku's writing about them and saying all the mean things anymore. Uh, so that, you know, maybe it's a safe time to, bring back their their conference and people will actually yeah. go and not feel pressured and say they're hateful bigots yeah so, obviously um, no announcement on when that's going to take place but they do say that they are committed to bringing it back next year so it'll be it'll be interesting to see yep. in what form they do that yes all right and then there was let's talk about a game that we we always give updates for uh and it hasn't had an update for a while but chronicles of Illyria. Oh Jesus! They Christ. have put. A, I, I just. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't leave them. You know. I. Just, I can't. Can't just push them away. You're like a. You're like a heroin act. <laughs> I know. For some reason, I always come back. Uh, but Chronos Valeria, they finally had admitted that they ran out of money in 2021 and had been hemorrhaging money ever since. So, here's here's a quote from their blog because you know our favorite developer is written for that and. Uh, Despite what some will say, there's no giant stockpile of cash when I chose to stop crowdfunding in 2020. We had some, but not enough to reach a meaningful alpha. And of course, $8 million? Yeah. (laughs) Based on some financial advice, we applied for and received a PPP loan 
which added to our pool of available cash and gave us the means to move forward. We then proceeded to use the money from 2020 through the end of 2021 to continue the development of uh, Chronicles of Valyria by the ways, by the way, of Kingdoms of Valyria. Remember that was that little side project that you know he was saying was kind of a, a facet of the game, but you know that he was he was developing that, and then you could you could se- he was selling that. And yeah. then near the end of 2021, the money effectively ran out. Almost six years into development, Chronicles of Valyria remains one of the most important and significant things in my life. So much so that I had a long conversation with my wife and we agreed that Chronicles of Valyria was worth our own livelihood to see it through. So for the second time in the history of Soulbound Studios, I began emptying my family's savings and liquidated their assets in an effort to fund the continued development of the game. I just... What a moron. <laughs> yes. I mean, we talked to him. I remember we, uh, I, I interviewed him. And at the time, I was just like, wow. Uh, if you remember, this is years ago at, at, at a convention. I was like, this, I was just thinking to myself, this is ambitious. I remember us walking away, say, just saying, like, he has just put everything you could think of into a game saying that he's going to do this. Uh, just every little feature, every little, you know, everything you could imagine was included. Uh, and of course, you know, having done some game development, I looked at it and said, there's just no way you'll possibly do this. You can't. All the things that he's saying, just you're not going to do it. Like it's not going to be in a game, especially with a couple of developers and him being one of the only ones. Uh, and then when we saw the, the preview that they did, which really looked like the original EverQuest that we showed last week when he was running around, if you remember correctly, uh, it just, that cemented in my mind that all of that was just concept software. Yeah, this is me interviewing uh, the the person that's been in all these videos. And they had a nice little video going in the background showing age progression and everything. They had some cool concept videos. But really, there wasn't much in the game when they showed their preview. None of the things that they showed in any of their concept videos other than having ground, uh, you know, and think places that you can run around. But it didn't look like any of the concept videos. It was very uh, little detail really seemed like a scam at that point and now he's still people are he's getting sued or people have uh, there's been talk of him i don't know if it's it, if that's actually happening at the moment but yeah you know he was getting sued and i felt like his development continued development was really that he was trying to prevent from being sued so he'd go into court and say see i really am making this game you know all this money the eight million dollars you know we used it why you know we used it so, you know we made this look we have this but if you look at what he made for $8 million, there's not much there. And no, so there's I think very that, little there. Yeah, and I, I think that he's still trying to push the idea, you know, through charts and things like this, that he's working on a game. You know, he's got some art for trees, but, I mean, I hate to break it to you. Uh, you can go, there's software that you can go and either purchase those or create them. Yeah, you know, you, you, you can generate your own trees, all the stuff he's showing, I, I, I don't know why he feels like he has to make it when he's going broke. He can buy these asset packs that do the exact same thing. Governor's asking, Governor's asking, did you say a PPE loan? Yeah, you mentioned that they got the, the yeah, federal PPP code. loan, right? Wasn't that, yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. wasn't it PPP yeah, yeah. loan? Yeah, the PPP loans, yeah, the, the payroll. So he got, yeah, he got program. money from the government to, to make this. And to so, make this. Which, yes. And this was after the $8 million in crowdfunding. Um, so to have some shitty snow animations that build up on the ground. Yeah, and I mean, this, this is something, sure, you're developing is taking time to get here. But in a year's time, with a minimal budget, you could come up with something very similar to this, to what, what he has. Like that, what you're showing him, what he's showing you walking around and doing all that, you could come up with a very similar concept. Did it say how much money he got? Uh, I, the, didn't, from, I, from did federal, see, federal, I did not see. I did not see a total dollars. Mm. Interesting. Um, I, yeah, he does. He does not say how much cash he received from the PPP loan. So, it's still going. He's still pushing as if he's doing this. He's, he's got his wife convinced, and oh, so oh, I, I, I feel I sorry for that situation. He's just he's 
he's spending his life savings. He needs to learn that maybe some things he's just not fit to do. Soulbound you know, Studios. He could be wrong. All right. I found it. Soulbound Studios, LLC. He received $254,000 from the federal government. But yeah, and, and he ran out of money within a year. So that means he spent, because he was the only one developing it. Oh, He funny paid enough, himself well, 200 Funny enough, the lender on it is Live Oak Bank. A live Oak Banking Company, which happens to be a bank that is actually uh, founded and operated here in Wilmington, funny enough. So mm. that's where their money came from. So the bank here, which I have a friend that works for, uh, funded this guy. And it says he retained 15 jobs. Didn't he fire his entire staff? Wasn't that like part of when they ran out of money? Yeah, like he, over he, he no longer ago? has the staff. Yeah, but yeah, this says, no this says the the, the the only th the reason to get the uh, payment, this was payroll protection loans. Was that you didn't have to fire your employees? So this is claiming that he was retaining fifteen employees. That in itself seems like fraud. He didn't, I don't think he has fifteen employees. Well, he might have had him at the beginning of the PPP loan, but shortly after that, he got rid of all of his staff. Maybe. So what did you just pay them all out and then have them leave, or did you pay yourself a huge salary? You know, extend it through the year where you're giving them kind of a salary and then you're paying yourself, and yeah. then folded the company or not? Well, released them and then you know didn't fold the company. It's just, it just, it's still amazing the just drama that he continues to push forward when he should have. I, I, he, I think he's seriously just doing everything he can not to get sued, but I'm worried that he's making his case worse. Yeah, pretty remarkable. That's chronicle, chronicles of Illyria. You got, you gotta love them. Thank God. <laughs> and there's more. There's links in our show notes here uh, if you want to go and see his full. You know, it's a probably a five-page uh, thing he's written talking about all this and what he's looking forward to and showing the assets of the trees and the plants and everything that he's done. Um, you know, his production chain for ale, you know, how to make ale in the game. And he's got a nice little chart where he shows the flow chart of how, how you're going to, what you're going to skin and how you're going to make ale, which should be the last thing you're worrying about when you're trying to make a game. When you're trying to get the base of a game going, you're worrying about the recipes for making ale. Make a system where you can easily interchange and, and make it, you know, build that first before you make me a flow chart showing how you're going to do it. Yeah. It's just it's silly. It's just craziness to me. All right. Yeah. Um, is there anything else you wanted to cover before no. um, we got uh, the one no, thing Unity? You remember we, we talked about how uh, the CEO had called developers effing idiots? Yes. Um, you know, a number of weeks ago, he did apologize for that. So oh, he is, well, he's very what, sorry. What, what a nice That man. he called all the, all the developers under Unity effing into yet spirit, you know, for being mad that they're going towards monetizing, monetization for only mobile and getting away from their PC platform. But, you know, well, I'm sure everybody uh, what are they greatly doing? appreciates him, him doing that. So thank God. <laughs> yeah, that fixes, that fixes everything. Well, yeah. hey, if, if you ready for me to roll on out of here, we good? Yes, yeah, absolutely. Go ahead. All right, well, if you want to find me, you can find me at Brian Aldridge on Gab, Parlor, Getter, Truth Social, or my blog, biteoftech.com. Uh, if you want to find us, you can go to infectionpodcast.com. Go to the upper right-hand side where we have our join our server on Discord, and that's a great place if you want to play one of our 11 ARC servers that are going with all these different maps uh, that you can switch between. They're all connected together. Um, we also have a, a news channel. Perhaps there's a topic or you have some inside information on, uh, on Chronicles of Illyria. You, you got a scoop and uh, you just go ahead and post a link to there in our news channel and we'll review it for, for the live show. If you want to catch our uh, live show, you can do that through our video links through Twitch, YouTube, BitChute, and DLive. Uh, if you're going to be listening after the fact, you can do that through the lower right where we have all the different podcast platforms that are uh, easy to use on a PC or on a mobile device. Uh, and if you're going to be doing that, we'll have show notes uploaded to the, uh, to the website and that way you can follow along as you listen. Maybe watch videos that we played. If you want to see that Discord uh, video that, that, we, that we showed, all of that's included in the particular show notes for that episode, along with a video and audio player, which make it nice and easy. Uh, and if you want to support us, there's a support tab up in the menu or infectionpodcast.com for support, where there's uh, plenty of ways that you can support us through Prime Gaming, Humble Bundle, Subscribestar, and everything else. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Brian, as always, my friend, thank you very much. Greatly appreciated. And uh, we will. 
catch up with you next week. Hopefully, uh, maybe we all. I'm gonna do a little bit. Of, I'm gonna do a little bit more digging into Soulbound Studios this week, and uh, I'll see. <laughs> see I'll see. Find. I'll see what I can find out. Now I'm on a little bit of a rabbit hole here, trying to. Figure I know out you may. You're probably going to turn the whole thing upside down and get a, and have the government come after him for uh, defrauding no, the government. No, 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 no. I'm just, you know, I'm just, just saying. You say you're employing at least 15 people. I, I, I hope you were. Yeah, I hope you were exactly. Yeah. All right, Brian. Thank you very much. Greatly appreciated. I will see you yeah. next week. We'll talk to you later. Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to uh, check out some of my ongoings, you can visit my website, nickcraig.com, and download my podcast over there. You can also give me a follow on Twitter, at Nicholas M. Craig. That's going to do it for another episode of Infection. Thank you so much for joining us, everybody. Have a great week. We'll see you next time.